can't understand. You know, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Surely that's Hamlet, isn't it? Um, yes, of course it is. But I always think that in approaching a Shakespeare, one has to think in terms of the complete works. Ah, each play is just another facet of the sparkling diamond that was Shakespeare's genius. Don't you agree, Charles? Well... Uh, the actor didn't feel up to pursuing this metaphor. He indicated the director's wine glass. Uh, get you another of those, Gavin? Thanks. Charles looked along the counter, but there was no sign of the barman. Everything was empty and unready, the Pinero Theatre gearing itself up slowly to the start of another season of creative endeavour. I, I think Norman's just putting on another beer barrel, said Gavin. He'll be back in a min but the break in their conversation did not deflect him from his theorising. You see, Charles, I think this is the only way that Macbeth's behaviour makes any kind of sense. Well, he's not a particularly sensitive man. Indeed, he's probably the least sensitive of all Shakespeare's tragic heroes. So when he suddenly develops an imagination, the shock is profound, cataclysmic almost. Don't you agree? Charles nodded and as he did so, remembered that Gavin had always been like this, always seeking agreement to bolster his vulnerable confidence. He remembered, too, that Gavin had always been a talker, and that he always selected one person in every production as his confidant, the honoured recipient of long anxieties over many drinks at the end of each day's rehearsals. Charles was rather afraid that he had got that particular short straw, that he had been cast in the role for the duration of Gavin's production of Macbeth. As the director continued to impose his preconceptions on Shakespeare, Charles thought back to how he had got the job, how elated he had been to hear about it, how conveniently his mind had forgotten what a bore Gavin Shoals in full flood could be. The call had come through from Charles's agent, Maurice Skellen. One afternoon in early August, the actor had been lying on the yellow candlewick bedspread of his Hereford Road bedsitter, trying to remember what being in work felt like, when he had heard the payphone on the landing ring. Assuming it was yet another call connected with the bemusingly complicated sex lives of the Amazonian Swedish girls who occupied most of the other bedsitters, he had let it ring on until it became clear that he was alone in the house. Only then had he stirred himself to answer it. Charles, it's Moise. For his agent to ring him was sufficiently unusual for Charles to do a quick mental checklist of what the call could possibly be about. A cheque for a fee due on the sale to Zambia of some long-forgotten television series had just come in? No. Morris would never ring him to mention that. The agent's method was to sit on any money that came in until he was virtually prized off his chair. The National Theatre had finally...